0: 1 Kings 18, I would like to read verses 7 through 18. 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 7 through 18. It says, while Obadiah was walking along the road, Elijah suddenly met him. When Obadiah recognized him, he fell with his face to the ground and said, Is it you, my lord Elijah? It is I, he replied. Go tell your lord, Elijah is here. But Obadiah said, What sin have I committed that you are handing your servant over to Ahab to put me to death? As Yahweh, your mighty one, lives, there is no nation or kingdom where my Lord has not sent someone to search for you. When they said he is not here, he made that kingdom or nation swear they had not found you. Now you say, Go tell your Lord, Elijah is here. But when I leave you, the spirit of Yahweh may carry you off some place I don't know. Then when I go, report to Ahab and he doesn't find you, he will kill me. But I, your servant, have feared Yahweh from my youth. Wasn't it reported to my Lord what I did when Jezebel slaughtered Yahweh's prophets? I hid 100 of the prophets of Yahweh, 50 men to a cave, and I provided them with food and water. Now you say, go tell your Lord, Elijah is here, he will kill me. Then Elijah said, as Yahweh of hosts lives before whom I stand today, I will present myself to Ahab. And then verses 16 through 18 is where we're going to concentrate today. It says, Obadiah went to meet Ahab and report to him. Then Ahab went to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, is that you, you destroyer of Israel? He replied, I have not destroyed Israel, but you and your father's house have because you have abandoned Yahweh's commandments and followed the Baals. May Yahweh bless His word to our hearts today. So Elijah has instructed Obadiah, the man that's in charge of the king's palace, to go and tell Ahab, Elijah is back. He's back in action, in public. Remember, this is Elijah that's been obedient to the word of Yahweh that he gave him in verse 1, chapter 18. Elijah has been obedient to every word that Yahweh has given him through chapter 17 and now into chapter 18. And as we begin today in verse 16, we see that Ahab goes out to meet Elijah once Obadiah comes and tells him Elijah's back. And when he sees him, and remember, he hasn't seen him for about three years and six months. Elijah's been in hiding by the command of Yahweh for about three and a half years during the drought. And the first words out of Ahab's mouth when he sees Elijah... Or, is that you, destroyer of Israel? What a way to greet a prophet, huh? Some Bibles say troubler of Israel here. I like how the New Living Translation puts it. You troublemaker of Israel, Ahab tells the prophet. Ahab is saying this. So you're finally back after causing all of this trouble in Israel. You finally showed up and come back. Ahab was upset about the drought. The famine was severe in the capital city of Israel, Samaria. He had been searching for grass and water, for his cattle, for his horses. But Ahab believed that all of this that was happening was Elijah's fault. In Ahab's mind, Elijah was the reason that the drought came. Now, on the one hand, Elijah certainly was the reason that the drought came. We learned last week that Elijah prayed for it not to rain, according to James 5, and the rain stopped. Elijah and Yahweh worked in tandem. He was Yahweh's man of the hour, so to speak. But it was not Elijah's fault. Fault implies something done wrong. Elijah did everything right. He was on Yahweh's side. The fault was with Ahab and his father's house. Ahab was upset with Elijah for causing trouble, but it was really himself that was causing trouble. And that's exactly what Elijah tells him in verse 18. He says, I have not troubled or destroyed, depending on your translation. I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have. You're the troublemaker. You call me the troublemaker? You're the troublemaker, King Ahab. And here's the reason. He says, because you have abandoned... Yahweh's commandments so Ahab and his fathers his dad Omri and his ancestors further back had done just that they had all given up on Yahweh those kings of Israel when you read about the kings of Israel every now and then you've got one that might be a little bit righteous but the overwhelming majority of the kings of the northern house of Israel all did what was evil in Yahweh's eyes in 1st Kings 16 where I began in this lesson series we read of one, two, three, four, five kings from Basha to Ahab, all wicked kings over the house of Israel. Sixty years worth of wicked rulers in the nation of Israel. All of these men are said to have done what was evil in Yahweh's sight. So Elijah, Yahweh sends an Elijah amidst these wicked rulers, and Elijah is telling Ahab in 1 Kings 18:18, 18, 18, he's saying this. You and your fathers are the reason for the trouble. You and your fathers are the reason that the drought came upon the land. I have not troubled Israel. I have not destroyed Israel. This three and a half year drought is not because of me, the prophet of Yahweh. I'm on Yahweh's side. It's because of you. Don't get upset with me, Elijah's telling him. I pronounced it and prayed for it because you refused to follow Yahweh. That's basically what Elijah is saying. No king, nation, or person should expect Yahweh's mercy when, one, they abandon Yahweh, two, they have no repentance in their heart, and three, they do not care about Yahweh's commandments. There's no reason for anybody to expect the mercies of Yahweh when those three things are active in your life. Ahab followed in the footsteps of his wicked Israelite dad instead of stopping that chain of events Ahab added another link to the chain. Ahab did not love Yahweh. He didn't love him. He did love Baal though. He built Baal a temple. He built Baal an altar. And all of that, the Bible says, provoked the mighty one of Israel. It provoked Yahweh. So Yahweh had no choice but to remain true to His word of judgment. How many know He's just as true to His words of judgment as He is to His words of mercy? It's not like Yahweh just up and decided that He would send a drought. Yahweh didn't just say, I don't have anything to do, I'm bored, so I'm going to send a drought. No, no. Yahweh doesn't do that. Ahab abandoned Yahweh, so Yahweh abandoned Ahab. The king said, Fooly on Yahweh. I'm going to forget about His commandments. I'm not interested in keeping His precepts, His instructions. And Yahweh said, Okay, if your heart is against me, then I'm going to be against you. And I'm going to be against your land. And I'm going to be against your people. Brothers and sisters, it's so important that we keep Yahweh's commandments at the forefront of our minds and our hearts. He says, write them on the table of your heart. Let them be as frontlets before your eyes and as a sign upon your hand. That means we think about them. We do them. We believe in them. To remind ourselves that the commandments are really what matters. Serving Yahweh is really the only thing that matters. The Bible says that we didn't bring anything into the world We're not going to take anything away from it when we leave it. So serving Yahweh is really all that matters in the eternal scheme of things. You know, even when we struggle, even when we doubt, even when we don't feel anything, we still have to press through and we still have to keep doing what we know. That's the title of my sermon. Keep doing what you know to do. Even when you don't feel spiritual, doubts may enter your mind. Always keep doing what is right. Always keep doing what you know to do. Because His commandments, they are perfect. They are holy. They're just. They're true. They're more to be desired than fine gold. They're sweeter than honey in the honeycomb. And I love honey. But Yahweh's commandments are sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. I got me some raw honey from the hardware store the other day and man, it's just off the charts. And Brother Arnold blesses me with this mason jar full of raw honey, and I eat it until every drop is gone. I put it in my tea. Sometimes I just get a spoonful of it and put it in my mouth. I love honey. The commandments are sweeter than honey. And the honeycomb. Think about that. As servants, the Bible says we're warned by the commandments. And it also says there's a great reward in keeping the commandments. Psalm nineteen, seven through 11. Memorize that passage, Psalm 19. Now, Matthew, Brother Matthew does not always feel spiritual. I don't always feel like I'm a child of the Most High. But whether I feel it or not, I am still to go through what I know to do. I'm still to follow through with the motions of obeying Yahweh's commandments. Now, I'm not talking about faking anything. Don't get me wrong. Don't misunderstand me. It would be crazy for me to think that any of us could fool Yahweh by faking that we love Him. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is to do what you know to do, to continue to walk in His ways, whether you feel up, whether you feel down, that's always the right thing to do is to keep the commandments of Yahweh. It's always the right thing to do. It's never the wrong thing to do. So, on a day that I may not feel super spiritual, I still get up, I read the Scriptures, I meditate on the Scriptures. I love my wife, I encourage my wife. I treat others how I want to be treated. I sing the Psalms while I'm on my tractor. I still bless Yahweh after I eat my food. I still have my tassels on to look at and remind me to obey the commandments of Yahweh. I still do everything that I know to do, even when I'm not feeling it, so to speak. Never abandon Yahweh when you feel like He is not near. The reason that sometimes you feel that He's not near is because you're human. I'm not here to stomp on you tonight. It's because you're human. You have a fleshly nature. Yahweh gives us a new heart, but it's incarcerated inside of that fleshly nature. And we can walk still. We can walk according to the lust of the flesh or the ways of the Spirit. Okay? So never abandon Yahweh when you feel like He's not near. Your feelings are going to go up and down. They're going to fluctuate. When they go down, keep going through the motions of obeying the commandments of Yahweh. Keep doing everything that you know to do. Even when you don't feel the spirit of the law... Don't stop doing the letter of the law. I hope you catch that. There's nothing wrong with the letter of the law. The letter of Yahweh's law is not bad. I'm thankful for the letter of the law. I'm thankful the letter of the law says, Do not murder. The spirit of the law says, Don't hate Brother Jerry or my brother in my heart. The letter of the law is not bad, is it? Even when you don't feel the spirit of the law... Do what you know to do. Don't stop doing the letter of the law. It's okay. It's not bad. Life can get hard. I know sometimes it feels like the road that you're going down is too tough for you. But I promise you, I can make you a promise because it's written in the Scriptures. The best thing that you can ever do is to keep your mind on Yahweh, to meditate upon His commandments, and to do everything that you know to do. Do not abandon Yahweh's commandments like Ahab did. The Bible says he abandoned Yahweh. He let him go. He gave up on Yahweh. Don't do that. Don't abandon Yahweh. Times get tough. Don't abandon Yahweh. Things seem like they're not going to work out. Don't abandon Yahweh. But Yahweh, if Yahweh, no. You say Yahweh gives, Yahweh takes away. Blessed be His name. Don't abandon Yahweh. I promise you the best thing you could ever do is keep your mind upon Yahweh Do what you know to do, keep the commandments, and Yahweh will keep in perfect peace the mind that is stayed or focused upon Him, for He trusteth in Him. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Listen, nobody is super spiritual all of the time. Somebody might put on like they are, but they're not all of the time. Every one of us has days where we feel like everything is going wrong. But that doesn't mean that we throw away what we know to do. That doesn't mean we stop serving Yahweh. If we stop serving Yahweh, we'll be the troublemaker. We'll be the troubler of Israel if we stop serving Him. Elijah said, I haven't troubled Yahweh. You're the troublemaker here, Ahab. Life serving Yahweh is the best life. It really is. It's the best life. Keeping Yahweh's commandments is the best way of living that exists. There is no better way It truly is the only lifestyle. All other styles are death styles. Serving Yahweh is the only way to live. Yesterday, Brother Randy, myself, and Elijah, we went to do some work. We were driving early in the morning out to the job site, and Brother Randy took a deep breath, and he said, I'm so ready for the Sabbath. And I said, me too, my brother, me too. Well, we worked hard this past week, like us men should. We should work hard. Provide for our families. But that hard work makes you look forward to the Sabbath. Brother Dan often testifies that he's thankful for the work week that pushes you into the Sabbath. Because the more you work, the more you appreciate Yahweh's day of rest. And that's two commandments right there. That's part of our lifestyle, brothers. Work and Sabbath. We tend to forget that work is a commandment just like Sabbath. But it is when you read the fourth commandment. It says, six days shall you labor and do your work. All of it but the seventh day is the Sabbath. So work is a commandment. Sabbath is a commandment. When we're out there, think about it. We don't always think about it this way. When we keep the Sabbath, we think about we're keeping the fourth commandment. But when we're working six days, we're keeping the fourth commandment because that's part of the fourth commandment. Six days, do your work, and the seventh is the Sabbath. So Randy and I talked about how that we would not know what we would do if we did not keep the Sabbath. If we didn't have the Sabbath to stop us, I say I wouldn't know what I would do. I think I know what I would do. I think I would probably work seven days a week. At least some. Because I like to keep moving. I like to keep going. But Yahweh gives us, in His law, in His commandments, the best life that you could ever have, He gives us an unplugged day. People ask me, what do you do on the Sabbath? I tell them I don't do anything. It's the easiest commandment to keep. I don't have to do anything. I just rest. The word Sabbath means rest. It's intermission. You stop. You cease. You pause. You rejuvenate. I'm so thankful for the Sabbath. Now, I bring this up just to show you one aspect of how good Yahweh's law is. But it's not just the Sabbath. All of His commandments are for our good. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 24 through 25, Yahweh told the Israelites, These commands I give to you today are for your good. They're to benefit you. Why would we not want to walk in our loving Father's instructions? They're for our good. Life-serving Yahweh, keeping His commandments, is the best life. There's no better life out there. Man may promise you a better life. Man may tease you into thinking that there's a better life out there. But there is no better life out there than keeping Yahweh's commandments. No better life. The pleasures of sin for a season do not compare with the lasting goodness of the commandments of Yahweh. Sin will only pleasure for a season and in the end, the way of your life will be difficult and troubling. But with Yahweh's commandments, it's the best life. As Proverbs chapter 3 says, My son, don't forget my commandments. They bring you many days, a full life and well-being. If we abandon Yahweh's commandments. If we stop seeking to obey any one of the commandments, if we give up on Yahweh, we pull out that good building block from our life. We pull out that benefit that Yahweh has given us. You can go down in all ten of the major commandments. Exodus 20, Deuteronomy 5. If you pull out one of those commandments from your life, you pull out a good benefit from your life. You cause yourself trouble. You get rid of something that's helping you. The law of Yahweh is perfect. Why in the world, as we say before, would we want to do away with something that was perfect? Many times, catch this now, many times we think that it's always somebody else that is causing havoc in our life. We do. We point fingers and we feel the need to always blame other people. Well, they're the reason for my trouble. We think, they're the reason I'm in the mess I'm in. I would never be in the shape I'm in if it wasn't for so-and-so. He said, she said, they said, and we do the blame job. It comforts our flesh. The reason we do that, listen, the reason I do that and you do that, is it comforts our flesh to blame other people for things that we bring on ourselves. It does. It makes us feel better. If I spend all my effort focusing on Brother Tim's life, which he's going to get in my illustrations now that he's sitting back up here in the front. But if I focus all my effort focusing on Tim's life, I don't have that same amount of energy to focus on my own life. Now, if I focus on my life, I can be a better example to Tim. If Tim focuses on his life, he can be a better example to me. But it comforts our flesh to focus on somebody else's problems, sins, and struggles and we get used to our own. Ahab did that. What did he do? He began to blame Elijah. Well, it's not rained for three and a half years, you troublemaker. You prophet, you troublemaker. He put the blame on the prophet. Whose blame was it? Ahab's. He brought it on himself. One way that we can humble ourselves is by sitting down and really making an effort to be introspective. Look at your personal life. Forget about everyone else around you. Forget about what he did or she did. Forget about everything except working on you. It is so easier to look at and pick on others. It's easier to say that somebody else needs to sweep their kitchen floor while you excuse the dirt on your own kitchen floor because you've gotten used to it and you're comfortable to it. You become comfortable. I become comfortable with our own dirt. I once heard a man tell a story about how a couple were driving down the road and they kept smelling this awful smell as they drove down the road on this supposed to be this nice fancy date that they were going on. Well, their first instinct was to think that it was outside. It was a cool night. Maybe there was something in the air. So they rolled the windows up and they drove a few more miles and still no change. The smell stayed. It kept smelling. It's an awful smell. Well, then they noticed that there was this trash truck that was up ahead of them for the past several miles and so they turned down a different street went a different direction to their destination to get away from the smell but it didn't work the smell still stayed with them and finally they pulled over and they popped the hood on the card just out of curiosity what in the world could this be possibly and lo and behold under that hood was a can of open old sardines rotten sardines sitting under the hood and the man had left them there while he was working on his car a few days before Now the point of the story is this, if it stinks everywhere that you go, you might have some old sardines under your own hood. Can I get a witness? Israel was in shambles. Nothing that Ahab did would make it rain. There was no rain dance he could do, there was no prayer to Baal that he could pray, there was no sacrifice to Baal that he could offer. The only thing would have been repent and turn back to me, Yahweh says. There was nothing Ahab could do. Severe famine had struck the land. But Ahab couldn't see that he was the problem. He put the blame on somebody else. But it was his own fault. Yahweh said through Elijah, you've abandoned my commandments. You've served the Baals instead of followed my law. So as I close tonight, please, please, and I speak to myself too, let's not try to think about somebody else in the building or out of the building who we think that this message is for. If you do that, you're already trying to place the blame on somebody else. It's human nature, I know. It's difficult to do. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of Yahweh. Let Yahweh exalt you in due time. Be introspective. Think about yourself. When you pray, evaluate your life. Look at yourself. Point the finger at you. Examine your life. Don't abandon Yahweh's commandments. You ask yourself, have I abandoned any of your commandments? Have I let go of any of your commandments? Are there some things that I know to do that I've stopped doing? Listen, don't stop doing what you know to do. Sometimes it's all right to take a break and depart for a little while, but don't go back. Don't go back. Stop, take a break, pause, and then keep moving forward. Do what you know to do even when you don't feel like it. Do what you know to do. Keep on keeping on. Don't give up on Yahweh and He will never give up on you. Have faith in Yahweh and He will always be your Mighty One. So if you have found yourself veering away from His commands, whether as you sit here tonight or as you pray later or maybe later on down the week, this sermon, maybe it hits you in the forehead, you're going down the road and you think, man, I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that story. I needed to be applied to my life. If you found yourself veering away from the commandments, today is the day of hope for you. Listen, I do not want any saint here to feel more burdened when they leave. I believe that if the preacher, if the saints, if the saints feel more burdened when they leave than when they got here that the preacher messed up, he didn't do his job. There is hope. Listen, there's hope. There's always hope. I want you to know that if you've gotten off track, there is forgiveness from our loving Father, our Shepherd. There's forgiveness from Him. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? I've messed up majorly in my life before. And there's forgiveness. Yahweh has taught me so much about forgiveness over the past four or five years. And I believe the reason He has allowed me to go through things in my life and He's allowed things to happen close to me is so that I would be a more gentle, forgiving person whereas I was not before. But now I can be more meek, more gentle, and more humble and be like that shepherd of Yahweh. Listen, Yahweh does not cast you away when you ask Him to forgive you, when you plead for His mercy. Yahweh does not cast you away. He's a loving Father. So I don't want any saint to feel more burdened by what I've said. I want you to know there's hope, there's forgiveness. If you veered off, there's forgiveness. It's a day of hope for all of us because the Bible says that if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we do lie, we deceive ourselves, do not the truth. But if we confess it, He's faithful and just. And listen, it doesn't matter what Matthew knows about you What anybody else in here knows about you, Yahweh knows that your most intimate thoughts and actions, Yahweh knows everything about you. There's nothing that passes by. So just confess to Him. Ask Him for help. And He'll help you. I'm having to struggle to believe what I'm saying right now as I'm saying it. I believe, but help my unbelief. That's what I pray. But I believe it, and the reason I preach it is because I believe the Bible teaches it. But I struggle to believe it myself. Help my unbelief, Yahweh. Yahweh... He loves us. We come to Him. If we try to hide our sin, it will grow. It will fester. It will get worse. But if we get it out in the open and confess it, apologize to people, apologize to Yahweh, He will forgive us. Isn't that wonderful? He loves us like that. He loves us like that. Do not keep going down the wrong road. Don't continue to walk down the path that leads to destruction. We are going to see a little bit later on that there is some remorse towards the end of Ahab's life. There's some remorse that comes in. It's a few chapters later. It's going to be a while before we get there. But there's some remorse that comes in at Ahab's life. But for the majority of his life, he abandoned Yahweh. He gave up on Yahweh. And therefore, he brought the wrath of Yahweh down upon himself. The judgment of Yahweh. Don't do that. You have an opportunity right now, if you're sitting here today, no matter who you are, what you've done, you have an opportunity right now to have a get back on the narrow path. I have the opportunity to get back on the narrow path. Don't continue to walk down the wrong road that leads to destruction. Don't bring that trouble on yourself. Ask Yahweh to forgive you. Repent. Seek His face. Turn from your wicked ways. I wish everybody in the nation could do it, but it starts with the individual. Amen? So do it yourself. Quit worrying about your neighbor so much. Do it yourself. Do it yourself and be a light to your neighbor. Let Yahweh's light shine to your neighbor. When you... Repent. When you humble yourself, when you turn from your wicked ways, when you kneel down and ask Yahweh to forgive you and say, Father, teach me your ways. Show me your paths. Let me obey your commandments. Don't let me wander from your your side. Bring me back into the sheepfold. I've gone astray. How long, O Yahweh? Pray those prayers. Yahweh's way is the only way. Every commandment He gives to us is to help us and protect us. I have never given my children, I have five of them, I've never given any one of my children an instruction that was meant to harm them. Never. Whether they realize it or not, every instruction I've ever told any one of my children is for their good. Do you know Yahweh our Abba, our Father is the same way? He's the same way. He's even on a greater scale than me. Not only will he not give us instructions that are to meant to harm us. He can't. It's not in his nature. His law, His commandments are for our good. Deuteronomy 6, 24-25 He's our Father. He loves us. And He loves when we come home to Him. And when we do come home to Him He doesn't ask questions. When we repent of our sin He doesn't say, I told you so. He opens up His arms and He says, let's have a feast. Let's rejoice. For this child that was lost is now found. So let's have that love that Yahweh has. Let's don't abandon Yahweh. Let's remember His commandments. You know Him. Do what you know to do. Don't stop. Do everything you know to do. Let's stand and close the word. Of Yahweh, Father, I love you. I thank you. I praise you. You're great. You're so wonderful, Father Yahweh. Thank you for loving a wretch like me. Father, thank you for saving me from my sins. Thank you for giving me a, a new heart and a new mind, for giving me a desire to obey your word. Father, let me not wander from your commandments, let me not stray away from your law. Let me hide Your Word in my heart. I pray that it would be the case for everybody in here. Father, let us not follow the path of Ahab or Omri, but let us seek to follow the path of Elijah and the righteous servants in the Bible, honoring Your commands, praying to You, doing everything that we know to do. I love You, Yahweh. It's through Your Son I pray.